0: I'm here with Luke Robinson from Locked On Bama, and I'm Stephen Willis from Locked On Ole Miss, and we're going to do a little crossover action. This is kind of a know your enemy section of the podcast. Luke, how are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing great.
0: So let's go ahead and get into it, because the Ole Miss fans have a lot of question on what's going on internally with Alabama, because... I'm going to be honest, Luke, there's there's not been too many games where Ole Miss has play, went into a game in Bryant-Denny Stadium and against Alabama and felt this good, even though they're a seven-point dog, but they they feel really good. What's what's going on in Tuscaloosa?
1: Well, I mean, there's signs of vulnerability, and you haven't seen that a lot in Alabama in, in quite some time. I mean, people love to try and say there there were vulnerable signs back in – you know, 13 when they, they didn't win the three-peat because of the kick six, and then uh, in 14 when they um, lose a, a game to Ole Miss, uh, and in 15 when they lose a game to Ole Miss. I mean, it's just like, oh, man, it, the dynasty's crumbling. Well, I mean, it it always seemed to make its way back and seemed to be fine. And uh, this feels different, though. It really does, uh, simply because the – you don't see the fire in the belly necessarily, I think from some of the players that we have been seeing. And, um, you know, I think there are a lot of people who are calling for, Hey, we'd like to see a little more infighting on the sidelines, not like fisticuffs or anything crazy, but just like some players getting in some other players faces and things like that. And for whatever reason, uh, this offensive line is not performed up to what most people believe to be its potential. And, um, you know, then the quarterback play. I mean, look, when you have a fantastic quarterback, you can win just about any game. And if you don't have, if you got a below-average quarterback, no matter what the rest of the team is, you can lose just about any game. And I mean, it's just the most important position in sports. And um, I, I think Jalen Milrow is better than an average quarterback. And I think clearly at this point, no matter who you were rooting for to be Alabama starter, I think clearly Jalen Milrow is the best option. Clearly, um, now will Simpson Ty Simpson grow into something better? Maybe, but and he was a, he was fine last Saturday, but Alabama's got a lot of chinks in the armor right now, and you know they're with with new uh, new coordinators, uh, with Saban's getting a little bit older. The schedule is quite arduous. I mean, there's just a lot of reasons to be kind of negative right now. Even though Jimmy and I over at Lockdown On Bamber are trying the best to be as positive as we can.
0: Yeah, and this is weird. Actually, um, heck, I, I guess I went to Bama online. I think that was that was the site I went to, and I was on the message board. And you actually had Alabama fans that were calling other Alabama fans sunshine pumpers, which that doesn't sound like much. That happens on every board, but when you consider what Alabama's been for the last fifteen years, and and, and somebody actually going straight to sunshine pumping, it, it's like yeah, that does feel like there's some sort of a cultural shift kind of within the fan base about Alabama football?
1: Well, look, for about 15 years, Alabama has been the gold standard. I mean, I know Georgia's won back-to-back, and that's wonderful. That is awesome. Um, and, and they are short-term, they're the gold standard. But for 15 years, it's clearly been Alabama. So Alabama fans aren't used to facing with adversity this early in the season. I mean, the loss to Texas left a lot of people scratching their heads simply because – um, number one we didn't expect Texas to play that well because they haven't traditionally in, in the last decade or so played very well in games like this and Alabama doesn't lose in September generally don't doesn't lose at home very often at all they've only lost at home now nine times in Sabron's tenure uh, that's that's incredible and um I was there for that game. The atmosphere was outrageous. It's one of the best atmospheres I've ever been at. any, And I've been to a gazillion football games all over the United States, national championships, and that atmosphere was as good as any of them. And um, so we're not used to losing that. And so we sort of walked out, and all of a sudden then we think, okay, well, we're going to bury South Florida. And we come out, and we sort of sleepwalking, and then you got this quarterback controversy in the middle of it. you got this rain delay in the middle of it. It's, you're playing a G5 team on the road. It's just a lot of weird stuff and all of a sudden now you've, you're, you're sort of filled with doubt and that's something that's that we're all pretty unfamiliar with as Alabama fans. I can tell you because my mantra has always been Sabin'll handle it. you know I've always said I'd let Sabin do my taxes without knowing anything about me. I mean I just he'll handle it. he's, he's the best. And right now though it feels like Alabama's a little lost in the wilderness now they certainly can come out of it. Um, but when you have things like this happen, you will have some infighting, and so uh, Alabama fans are doing a little infighting right now.
0: Well, if you look on the other side of the coin, the storylines that are coming out of Oxford is the play of Jackson Dart and how he is essentially taking what Matt Corral did. He just missed a year, but he's performing at an extremely high level, and this week could be a springboard to kind of becoming on that Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks at Ole Miss. Um, I think Jackson Dart is probably going to be the best quarterback that Alabama faces this year. And Ole Miss this season has been without three of its preseason weapons that they were counted on. And Quinshawn Judkins has not particularly played well. And they've put up at over about 52 points a game on the season. Now, it looks like Zachary Franklin might come back and play a little bit. Caden Priestcorn is probably going to be back. Quinshawn Judkins is in a full-go jersey, and we don't know about Trey Harris. Trey Harris has eight catches on the season, and five of them for touchdowns. But offensively, this team is dynamic. Now, defensively, that is probably the thing that Alabama fans are going to be interested about, especially with that offense. Um, I will say that Ole Miss fans love Pete Golden, so thank you very much for that. Uh, But explosive plays. I think that is probably going to be the key in this football game because this defense, Ole Miss defense against Mercer, against Tulane, against Georgia Tech, have had coverage busts. That has been one area that Jalen Milrow has been somewhat proficient in quarterbacking. And that makes me a little bit nervous of him throwing the deep ball with a coverage bust because, in my opinion, if this game gets over – if Bama can score over 30 points, Bama's going to win the football game. Ole Miss's only hope is for – mid-20s, a 27 to 20, a 24 to 17 type game. Ole Miss can win that game. But if you're going to ask this Ole Miss offense, as proficient it is, because it's still four and five star players on the other side, um, going to ask them to score 30 points, I just don't know if you can you can make hay with that.
1: Yeah, and look, I'm I'm here, as Alabama guy, I'm certainly hoping Milro can take advantage of some of those coverage busts and we're you you say thank you for Pete Golding. We say you're very welcome because I think the relationship with Pete Golding and Alabama got uh, a little tenuous. Um, mm-hmm. He's a pretty good recruiter, and I think he's I think he's a very talented defensive coach. And I wouldn't try to match X's and O's with him or anything. But I can say this: it seemed like at times the defense was overcomplicated. I, I never I, I don't care what your scheme is. I don't like the idea of Will Anderson dropping back into coverage. Mm. (laughs) You know, um, Will Anderson's one of the best pass rushers, maybe only second behind Derek Thomas all time at the University of Alabama. I don't want him dropping back. I want him attacking. And, um, you know, you fit your scheme around that uh, instead of the other way around. But um, I think Golding is better than Alabama fans want to to admit he is. And so – but that's another level to this game, right, that – uh, Alabama has taken on two former assistants, two former assistants that um, each have kind of odd relationships with Alabama and with Nick Saban, for that matter. It was pretty clear to me Nick Saban loved him. Some Pete Golden loved him, mm. and it just, in the end, it I think it just became uh, too difficult to to stay in Tuscaloosa, and I think it was just one of those mutual parting of the ways. Lane Kiffin, you know he brought a lot of excitement to Alabama. At the same time, eventually Alabama had to let him go during the playoffs. I mean, that's how bad things got with him. So, um, and now Lane Kiffin is going over and beyond trying to uh, show his respect to the goat, as he would love to say.
0: And he's also trolling Alabama like Big on Twitter. Time. Yeah. He, he's abs- Lane Kiffin thinks he's winning this football game.
1: Oh, a hundred percent.
0: And you
1: know, um, that's, I was just on a radio show in Montgomery And the host thinks I'm a little bit paranoid about this. But I said, you know, I saw something where there was a video of Lane Kiffin at the podium and they put side by side with Nick Saban at the podium. And they Lane Kiffin is almost mimicking every move Saban makes. And, you know, the way he holds the podium, the way he moves his hands, the way he talks, the way he does hand gestures. Mm -hmm. And uh, the radio host was saying, Luke, I think you're reading too much into this. I go, I don't think I am. I said, I think this is Lane, the genius of Lane Kiffin. He can make fun of you, and you're not sure if he's doing it. And he's sort of doing it in a lovingly, mockingly way. I don't think he – Lane Kiffin does 100% respect Nick Saban and appreciate Nick Saban. I believe that to my core. At the same time, uh, just as I told the radio host that uh, I, I'm a big fan of The Sopranos, and in The Sopranos, at one time, Tony Soprano had a lesson from the Art of War by Sun Tzu, where he said, "If your opponent is agitated, you know, irritate him more because that gives you the upper hand." And I think that's kind of what he's doing by saying things like, "Hey, uh, Kevin Steele's not even really calling the defense," mm-hmm. and then somebody calls him out on it, and he's like, "Well, I, you know, I'm just going by what I heard. I, I'm just say I, I didn't say it. I just heard somebody say it. You know, mm-hmm. kind of thing." And I. I think it's fun, I think it's playful, and I think it's so SEC that I love it. That's why I miss uh, Coach Ogeron. I love anybody that brings – Color and fun into the SEC, and that's one reason that I can't get behind uh, Zach Arnett at Mississippi State because, frankly, I can't remember his name very often. And I, you need to bring some color in here because we this is the SEC; we do things with flair, you know.
0: You know, when we get to the third segment, we'll talk about um, that LSU State game because that's LSU is Ole Miss's next opponent. Mississippi State, I think, is yours, if I'm not mistaken, at Alabama. Um, but that that game was weird, for lack of a better word. But hey, we need to um, tell you that today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves for their loved ones during the unexpected times in this world. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you the peace of mind so that you're not hoping you have access to the medication in emergencies. Um, Jace Medical makes sure you have the medications in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and online consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout on JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com promo code LOCKEDON. College football season is here, and Locked On is kicking up coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every College Locked On channel. I will be on there on Friday. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insights and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. So, you know, we were talking about how the relationship between Lane and Saban and all that when we went into the break, and you mentioned it was playful and it's fun, and Lane is Kind of toeing the line. I do think that Lane thinks he's going to win this game, but he is publicly what he's saying because we all know how the um, Birmingham news reporters are. Is like, remember Bo Wallace in 2014 made a comment that was like halfway not respecting the tide, and that turned that into a week long campaign of, you know, what is going on here. So Lane Kiffin's talking like, this is the best program in 15 years. Um, they're the best football team. Period in the world. Uh, Bryant Denny's the toughest place to play in America. All, all of that is just fantastic. And then you take that on Twitter. You have him posting a Taylor Swift song of Castle's Crumbling, uh, and where the lyrics are basically essentially saying the dynasty's ending and all of this stuff that I think I think you're on to something, Luke. And look, I'm here for it. I mean, I think it's
1: fine. I mean, the old me would probably be like, ah, oh, this isn't what college football is all about. And that's kind of what college football is all about now. College mm-hmm. football is all about Little Wayne bringing the team out of the tunnel. College football is about Twitter wars. College football is about one coach uh, manufacturing disrespect because another coach says he shouldn't wear sunglasses during interviews. And I'm not taking shots at Deion Sanders. I think Deion Sanders in college football game is wonderful. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um but you're right, uh, you know. And as we Alabama fans like to say, sometimes you know, when we see this effusive praise come from other coaches or come from other fans or whatever, we like you know, respecting us too much is kind of like disrespecting us because a lot of times Alabama, and this is this is why Nick Saban is the greatest of all time. For the most part, um, he doesn't lose to teams uh, that that are unranked or uh, much lesser. Than he is. Um, There there are very few times it's even a close game. That's what makes the South Florida game kind of scary, in that, you know, even the best coaches get upset by, you know, even the Pete uh, Carroll lost to a Stanford team where he was a Mm -hmm. 38 point favorite. You know, those things just happen. And Nick Saban, it doesn't happen very often. So because it doesn't happen very often, then you get complacent. And when you get complacent, it makes it more apt to happen. So my point is, Nick Saban does a great job of dealing with the complacency. Usually, so we always have to manufacture uh, some kind of disrespect so that we can get fired up ourselves. That's what bothers me so much about the Texas game, because I've go to a bunch of Alabama games. Now, the Ole Miss game is going to be pretty fired up too, but I've gone to a bunch of Alabama games in this in this run, and I can tell you, for the most part, we're not the most rabid in the stadium fan base. We might be the most rabid on message boards. We might be the most rabid on Paul Feinbaum. We're not the most rabid in the stadium. In the stadium, we're more absorbing what's going on and really quite critical of our own team for the most part, Um, to the point where I've always said that Auburn fans enjoy their wins more than we do, but but they have more valleys than we do. So um, point being that I feel like we wasted an opportunity against Texas because our fans were in a fe- at a fever pitch and they were, it was crazy, just a crazy atmosphere and we lost. And um, so it's just kind of weird to see that. But yeah, I think that for the most part is Alabama is going to try and manufacture something to be upset about, but you know, he- here's where it could be dangerous for Ole Miss because of all that's happened these last couple of weeks. And because Milro was unseated or semi quasi suspended or whatever it was that he didn't play at all. And now that he's been renamed the starter, you wonder if that's the spark. I mean, Al- everybody's looking for this spark. I mean, Alabama's, you look at it like you're grilling something. Alabama's got this you know, big green egg and they've got the good charcoal that goes with it. They just hadn't been able to find a lighter. And so if they find this lighter, um, and, and if that's it, if, if renaming Milro as the starter with much more of a confident uh, statement maybe that's what gets Alabama rolling. And if it is, then Alabama can play with anybody because they got the mm-hmm. talent.
0: Yeah, it's like I told people all week. It's like, hey, if, if a foreign, a team full of four- and five-star players play like a team full of four- and five-star players, Ole Miss is probably in trouble. The, the only hope that Ole Miss really has is that Alabama continues what they're doing. If there's a problem at the quarterback position, if there's a problem at the offensive line, that, I think that area for Alabama – is the part that if I was an Alabama fan I would be the most concerned about because that is the group that that hasn't happened. They may have complained about their offensive line play, but what it like giving up four or five sacks against South Florida that that's very uncrimson tied. I don't care if you have Tyler Buckner, I don't care if you have Ty Simpson, I don't care who's back there. That's going to make the quarterback play look worse than it is.
1: Yeah, and in that way I'm sort of glad Milrow didn't play because I feel like if he had been sacked that much, it would have just done that much more to affect his confidence. And then Alabama would be dealing with this quarterback controversy coming into the Ole Miss week where we'd probably start Buckner. He probably wouldn't play very well, just like he didn't play very well against South Florida. Then we'd probably go to Ty Simpson who would be playing his first significant minutes. And um, it would be worse because you're playing an SEC rival. And and instead Alabama took their lumps against South Florida. So in a way – it's kind of a blessing that Milrow didn't play against South Florida. I, and I know this is me being a Bammer Homer looking for light at the end of the tunnel or whatever, trying to silver lining up whatever that was Saturday, which was incredibly ugly. But I'd rather go through it against South Florida than go through it against Ole Miss.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, in 2015, y'all went through that against Ole Miss. That was the game y'all started Cooper Bateman.
1: Ironically, because Lane Kiffin insisted.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So – Yeah. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, it it was sort of the same deal in a lot of ways that the offensive coordinator seemed to have the guy he wanted and the coach had the guy he wanted. And eventually the coach uh, relented to the offensive coordinator and it became obvious pretty quickly the the coach was right. And I think that's sort of the way this is in this case, too.
0: You know, um, whenever we come back, we're going to go over the final lines and kind of give score predictions and all of that stuff. But I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. You snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 back in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action that. This app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. I think Ole Miss currently is a seven-point underdog to Alabama and a single-digit line against Alabama. That's that's absolutely nuts, Luke.
1: On the road, it is, for sure. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. It just doesn't happen a lot,
1: but it's, it's happened twice this year already.
0: <laughs> yeah, it. it I, I just don't know what to make of this. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Just so you know, the Ole Miss Rebels play the Alabama Crimson Tide Saturday at 2.30 Central. You can check the next evolution of the Ole Miss offense. You can check out what Jalen Milrow brings to the table for the Alabama Crimson Tide. You can catch every play of your hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on channel 81 for the Alabama broadcast or channel 191 for the Ole Miss broadcast. You can also search um, on the SXM app, Ole Miss Rebels, or Alabama Crimson Tide, and both the Locked On Bama and the Locked On Ole Miss show is on there as well. We'd appreciate that very much. So, Luke, we're looking into, the, like, the final things. What are the things that you expect to happen in this game?
1: Boy, that is that is a great question. Um, it's a pretty simple question, but it's a great question because, frankly, I don't know. I, I am so uh... – worried about what Alabama team is going to show up. I I hope that Milrow comes in rejuvenated. That's, that's certainly my hope. I hope the offensive line comes in. Um, They said they were pissed off the week before. Well, I don't know that they meant it. I hope they mean it this time. Um, They had, Alabama had the, the infamous or famous, uh, whichever way you look at it, players only meeting after South Florida. They said a lot of things, a lot of the, the air was cleared. I've, Always looked at uh, players only meetings um, and sort of squinted my eyes like, uh, I, I think that's always a sign of, of a harbinger of bad things to come. But then some people pointed out, you know, in 2015, Alabama had one after Ole Miss. And uh, in 2017, I think they had one. And of course, they're going to win the national championship both those years. So maybe, maybe it'll be something that works out wonderfully for Alabama. I certainly hope so. Um, but what I really hope to see is, uh, somebody step up and be an alpha, whether it be on offense or defense or both for Alabama. Cause some of it's some of the guys who I thought could be an alpha have not taken that role yet. And I'm not going to say any names because I feel like that could be insulting. But, I mean, you can read between the lines. I mean, these are some guys that some people believe would be All-Americans. I want to see them step up and uh, get a little more vocal, get a little bit more in some a teammate's face if they're not doing their job, whatever it is, because that's what has made Alabama so great. Over this last decade and a half is that there have always been people there to get in some, you know, hold other folks accountable. Like you didn't require the coaches to get onto them because the players were doing it.
0: Yeah. And and on the other side of the coin, um, what I expect, I expect this to be a back and forth closer game. But what Ole Miss is going to want to do, and what would be beneficial for Ole Miss would be to score early, to have a good first quarter. Do not fall into the trap that honestly Matt Corral did. Whenever the elephant goes off, you see the numbers on the helmet, and they were just a little bit slow getting going. And by the time with that offense, they were they were, they were just going at that point. Uh, I, I think if you can get up on Alabama, if anybody's a soccer fan out there, there's, there's going to be a tendency to be like the Mexican national team fans. When something something bad goes wrong, you have a chance to where the mentality of the Alabama fans is not like, we'll get, we'll get them, we'll just keep going. It might be, oh, no, here we go again a little bit. And I think that could be an advantage. I think Ole Miss, believe it or not, other than the fact that the game is at Bryant-Denny Stadium, I think Ole Miss holds every intangible intangible advantage in this game. And that is absolutely bizarre.
1: Yeah, I can certainly see. I mean, I think Ole Miss certainly has an advantage at quarterback. Um, I think they have uh, a confidence advantage. Until I see Alabama – differently. I think they have a confidence advantage. You know, the, the other positive things for Alabama, I would say, even in Alabama's kind of down years, like 2000, when they went three and eight, they, they beat out the Ole Miss that year. Um, beat Ole Miss Alabama.
0: 45 to seven. Yeah. That they just, and
1: that was a horrible Alabama team. Now they had some
0: talent, but
1: the chemistry was just way off. And that was a team mm-hmm. that got beat by Southern Miss 21 to nothing. So, yeah. um, you, you know, I, and I know Ole Miss has beaten Alabama uh, in 14 and 15. I, I certainly understand that. Mm-hmm. And I think some Alabama fans could also explain it away to a bit because it, it was very close games, both of them. And you rarely see a game where one team, had, especially the home team, has five turnovers and the other team has zero. And you, mm-hmm. and at the same time, you see a play where a quarterback throws the ball up, it bounces off one other player's helmet and onto a nut, right into the waiting hands of a streaking mm-hmm. wide receiver. That's very rare. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, sometimes those things happen, and that's just part of the game. Um, I, I'm going to predict Alabama to win 31-30. I don't feel very confident about it. I don't think Alabama will cover. Um, I think it's going to be tight throughout. Uh, I'm hoping in the end the mystique of Bryant-Denny carries some weight. But, uh, again, I'm this is that is my homerific locked-on Bama prediction. I have no problem saying that. I am not predicting a beat the brakes off of old Ole Miss type situation here.
0: This is going to be a fantastic game, and now um, I talk about this being a program game, and it's, it's not necessarily about how good Alabama is. It's about what it means for Ole Miss, because if Ole Miss wins this game, next week's game against LSU just becomes potentially the game of the year in the Southeastern Conference, and it, it, there's so much that could it could happen. It means so much to the Ole Miss fan base, and I see people all the time, just like you, that's predicting Ole Miss not to. Ole Miss to cover, but maybe not win the game. So that's kind of like hedging the bet. And you're locked on, Bam. I get it. It's it's in the name. Homer's in the name. That's kind of like what I tell people about locked on Ole Miss. Homer's in the name. I don't know what you're expecting. Uh, But I do think that Ole Miss is going to come out and get a good start because Lane Kiffin does a fantastic job at opening scripts. Even in 2022, whenever they weren't quite right, It took a fourth down stop on the goal line where if that gets in, it might be a little bit different ball game. But when Alabama made that stop, the momentum swing took over so much and the talent they had, they just kind of was able to engulf Ole Miss a little bit. I think this year Ole Miss has a kicker that's an absolute weapon in Caden Davis. He made a 56-yard field goal against Tulane. Lane Kiffin is not going for it like he was. I think he's going to play Bama somewhat straight up, And because of that, Ole Miss is not going to have as many empty possessions and that with the talent of Jackson Dart. I do think Ole Miss is going to win this game straight up like 27 to 21. If this game gets into the thirties, if both teams are in the thirties, Ole Miss is not winning this game. I think it's going to look more like 2014 than 2015.
1: I I can certainly see it your way. I'm just uh, banking that we're going to see a better Alabama and, um, Boy, if we don't see a better Alabama, you got to start wondering where this season's going to end up.
0: Yeah, and we can talk about that real quick. If for some reason Alabama was were to lose to Ole Miss, all of a sudden that Texas A&M game, the LSU game, that they, they become problematic, don't they?
1: Well, they become it becomes almost not not will Alabama make a bowl or anything. I mean, you hope not, but uh, it becomes how do you keep their interest level up? Now, if Alabama were to lose to Ole Miss, I mean, technically they don't control their own de- uh, destiny because Ole Miss would have to lose twice. But y- you would feel okay about it because you would you look at Ole Miss' schedule; they got to go to Georgia. You got to feel like that's a loss, and then you know you you look at it; they'll and, go and to They Auburn, play LSU next week. They play LSU the next week. I mean, mm-hmm. they got still got a And M, still got uh, Arkansas, which can be a bugaboo at times. So yeah, there's some game, there's some potential in there. But if you also lose to Ole Miss, that means you're two and two. And you're one and two in September in your own place. It's just weird for Alabama, weird posture, and um, I don't know how the team would handle it.
0: Yeah, interesting indeed. Anyway, thanks for making our podcast your first podcast, first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Luke Robinson joining the show today. I'm Stephen Willis. Um, I think this is going to be a really good game. Oh, yeah, we don't get Gary Danielson and Brad Nessler. We get the second team from CBS. Oh, wow. Okay. I can live with that. Yeah. So, Gary Danielson not going to Alabama. Somebody needs to check and make sure Gary's okay.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you right now that that is funny because I can tell you every Alabama fan thinks Gary Danielson hates Alabama. But I think every fan base thinks Gary Danielson hates their team. So, it's, it's all right.
0: So we'll see you later. And good luck going over to the game and be safe, man. Hey,
1: I'm going to tell you, by the way, I miss Vern Lundquist. He was like the drunk uncle that comes over at Thanksgiving. I I loved it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting whenever this goes over to ABC next year, which, by the way, if everybody hasn't noticed the Disney games, any chance they've had to put an SEC game on at 2.30 on ABC, they've done that. Yeah, uh, and um, that is because they're basically getting ready for next year. Um, the same thing, the same reason Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson are in Iowa is because CBS has turned the page to the Big Ten. That's right,
1: and I get it. Hey, this this is the way the world works. Let's just make the best of it. I think uh, I'll take my conference over everybody else's.
0: Yeah, and yeah, we're, we're pretty pretty steadfast in that one. Anyway, I appreciate it. Look, you have a good day and be safe heading over there.
1: Thank you, Bud.